Freedom HealthWorks is the direct primary care accelerator. We help doctors across the country start fresh in direct primary care. With Freedom HealthWorks, you work with a team, not a checklist. Visit FreedomHealthWorks.com and together we can achieve true freedom in direct care. Everybody, welcome back to Healthcare Americana, the podcast featuring all the free thinkers, innovators, and people out there who actually want to change healthcare for the better. I am your host, Christopher Habig, the CEO and co-founder of Freedom HealthWorks. And today I wanted to jump right into the episode, skip the normal monologue, skip the normal intro, setting the table, uh, because today's guest, uh, he speaks for himself. He uh, is a titan in the industry. So I am happy to have Carl Schusler, the co-founder and managing principal at Mitigate Partners, joining us here today on the podcast. Carl, good to finally have you booked. Good to finally talk to you here. I know we've been talking about this for quite a while. So thanks for uh, putting the schedule together and glad you know the stars aligned where we could talk together. Hey, thanks, Chris, for having me. It's an honor. I've uh, obviously listened to the podcast for a long time. I think the first time was Dr. Ivy Barr, uh, Ivy Barr down in Macon, Georgia, where I'm originally from. I got introduced to him by Dave Chase several years ago and so forth. So I heard that one. And then obviously my good friend Christy Gupton has been on, and uh, you know, other folks that we're familiar with. So I appreciate the opportunity and congratulations also on a pretty recent childbirth, I understand. She just turned three months uh, yesterday, actually. So it's uh, been a whirlwind. I appreciate that. And yeah, all friends of the podcast uh, there and friends of Freedom Health Works that you, that you listed out there. And, you know, I can't, I can't have a conversation with you, out, with you without talking SEC football. I know that's not why we're here to, to talk about this right now, but, you know, this past week, I, Lane Kiffin and Old Miss gave uh, Nick Saban and Alabama a run for their money. And I'm like, holy cow, Carl's going to have a lot of opinions about this one. And what are you seeing in the college football landscape, especially in the Southeast? Well, I tell you what, Chris, don't throw me in that briar patch. That's, uh, we, might <laughs> not get out, we might not get out of here for an hour. Um, hotty toddy, gosh almighty, who the hell are we? Hey, flam flam, bam bam, Old Miss by Dan. Uh, my wife went to Ole Miss. My son is a sophomore at Ole Miss. So, obviously, I was up even in my weakened state watching that game all the way to the end. But uh, uh, it's been a it, – I tell you, SEC football started on September 26th, which is another birthday of a great American you're probably not familiar with being me. That was my birthday, and that's when <laughs> SEC football started. So, it was a heck of a gift. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I don't know what I was going to do with my mental health state. Uh, I love the Saturday to Saturday mentality. So it's been fun. My dogs are, are getting it done. Um, I hope that they'll, you know, get it done this weekend and, and, uh, Tinseltown. We'll see. Um, it's going to be a big challenge, but, uh, yeah, good to have college football back and you can see behind me, uh, uh, prettiest stadium in the world. Uh, behind <laughs> a lot of University of Georgia love going on uh, right there behind you. Yeah. It, it's been interesting because they just jumped right into conference play and, you don't have kind of those warm-up games happening, and you know we'll see. Uh, I'm up in Big Ten country, so we'll see if they actually get their their act together and and get going here. But uh, I couldn't believe that they were holding out and saying, you know, we're probably not going to well, have a season. Listen, you know all the all the thought-provoking and knowledge comes from the South, Chris. So <laughs> it all has to seep up north. We understand that y'all had to copy us and realize it was we need to play. 
Well, I think it's the slower life, you know, you guys, you guys take time to actually sit down and think about things rather than just rushing into a decision like us Northerners here do. <laughs> it's a different pace, but Hey, Carl, you mentioned your weekend state. Uh, I just want to make listeners know that, um, you and your family, unfortunately, did contract COVID, so you're joining us virtually, obviously, um, here. So we want to talk a little bit about your experiences because this is something that um, we've never done here on the show is actually talk to somebody who's living through um, you know, diseases caused this terrible global pandemic. So we definitely want to get to that. But again, thanks for taking time and um, you know, getting the energy up uh, uh, and getting all dressed up as well to come out, come out and join us here on the podcast. But uh, what we do want to talk about is this continuing series that we've been doing, um, talking to brokers and talking to people more in the benefits industry and, and more along those insurance lines, the health insurance lines, because, you know, for the life of us, every time we talk to somebody, it's like something has to change, right? Something, something, somebody has to wake up and say, there is a better way of doing this. And that's why I was excited for this because, you know, you're one of the people who put something together um, in the DeSoto Memorial Hospital. And I'll let you tell the story about that because it is absolutely fascinating. And if nobody is, if you're somebody who is not familiar with it, then it needs to be on your radar. So the reason why I was excited just to bookend that was because you got something done, right? You're not one of those brokers who sits there and just wants to use DPC as a prospecting tool and get out there and get new business. And you're not putting benefits plans in where you're just getting, you know, your back scratched and, you know, screw everybody else. So give us kind of the rundown here um, of Mitigate Partners and how this whole thing came together. I know it's a lengthy story and uh, we got plenty of time if you've got the energy to do it. So, Let's hear it uh, right from your mouth because I'm not going to do justice with this. So tell us, tell us all about what happened, what went down, and the players involved because they are some uh, titans of the industry, I would say. Yeah, well, thanks, Chris. It's a true honor to be a part of it. And just a quick uh, – I've been known to be a storyteller from time to time, um, so I'll tell you a quick one. Uh, I can't say hello in less than five minutes, just so you know that. But – but anyway, my father, I, my dad's, uh, my dad was a 40-year OBGYN in Macon, Georgia. Many people that are listening know that. He retired January 15, but back a long time ago, when we put in a high deductible health plan for his, for his practice, when it wasn't cool, it was new. I'll never forget, it was the summertime. Actually, Georgia was playing the College World Series, and he and I were going to watch the game. But the, his, his, as he says, his gals in the office – they had a meeting with the gals and all, and I uh, know you could get in trouble for saying that today's times, but they were meeting and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the air turns off in those buildings and I'm all dressed up. So it's, it's getting pretty hot. And I'm like, good Lord, when are they going to be done in there? They finally got done. So I came in there and I had a presentation and I spent a lot of time on it. And my dad goes, son, please tell me you're not going to go through all that. <laughs> and I said, thanks a lot, pop. Um, so in front of all this partners so and i i did have to speed it up but i've been known to not be short on words but uh <laughs> anyway um so yeah the joke used to be you can't say hello in less than five minutes i like that I so like that. so yeah hey there chris there's nothing wrong and i say to everyone i'm in touch with myself and i know who i am and i know my my creator made me that way and i ain't gonna change so if you don't like it don't have me on the show <laughs> that's how I roll. So uh, that's that's the ABCs of me, baby. But uh, anyway, um, 
it all started around uh, right after Thanksgiving of 17. Um, another uh, benefits advisor, by the way, I heard you call a broker. Don't call me a broker, brother, because I'll bring COVID up north, son. Don't be doing that. You call me an advisor. Um, <laughs> there we go. That's uh, my apologies there. My apologies. I think I did quickly correct myself, though. Yeah, I know you knew about that. Your brother, Adam, and I had a good time talking about that, but uh, and Melissa. But um, so long story short, this other advisor had uh, connected us with Dr. Lee Gross, who's very well known as one of the top DPCs in the country. He's in the short list up in D.C. at a lot of these meetings when they were meeting regularly. He was very involved. Um, and we got to know Lee. The reason Lee was interested in what we were doing is because we had put together a plan called the Fair Cost Health Plan. And he wanted something. He had not seen anyone do this to be able to take DPC and just slide it right in there. And that's basically what happened. So we went around November 17. Um, we did not get hired on the spot. Shocking. Um, and we then had another meeting in May and then had another uh, meeting. I think it was it was probably two subsequent meetings, maybe like that. And by August of 18, uh, the school, the uh, DeSoto hired us. Uh, to be their advisor, myself and the co-founder of Mitigate Partners, Barry Murphy. So we were hired then and uh, got going, had some pretty tough orders to make changes and get rid of a BUCA, Blue Cross United Signet, and Humana for you folks, mm-hmm. folks out there, a BUCA TPA um, that I'm not at liberty. I'm not going to discuss it here um, in the details. And one of the big PBMs that comes along with that. So pharmacy benefit manager or program bilking millions, however you want to view it. I view it as program bilking millions. So we had to immediately, uh, because of the timing and you got 60 day outs of contracts, we had to quickly get information from these people. And I got them to like me somehow. I know that's hard to believe with the time you spent with me so far, but they actually liked me and we were able to uh, get information and so forth and then had to unfortunately fire them. And so October one, uh, is their stop loss plan year. Their plan year is a calendar year, so January 1. So for three months, we stayed with the current third-party administrator, you know, run by Buka. And January 1 came and we flipped to fair cost. Um, and just quickly to go down the, the, the deal, um, we put in all our solutions, our fair cost health plan. It's over 16 seamlessly integrated solutions. Um, uh, went with an independent TPA, and uh, put all that in. And um, it was a big deal, Chris. I mean, this is the fourth poorest county in the state of Florida. The per capita income is $25,430. Um, the hospital has struggled. Um, they lost obstetrics in February of 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a 49-bed hospital in a very poor area. And so it was really significant what then happened. So, as we look back a year, we got into the end of September and we look back three months on a Buka plan and nine months on fair cost. And what was amazing is seven months into the fair cost, we were, we were, had spent, I think it, it with the Buka for three months, we spent about 310,000 with fair cost. It was like 478 in seven months. Jeez. It's amazing. If you get it two and a half times a month, and barely more money. So that that was quite amazing. So overall, they had spent, their plan was about $2.2 million when we met them. They were running about $14,000 per employee per year. 
And we wrapped up the first year around 990,000. So they saved 1.2 million or 54%. Um, they saved $150,000 in their stop loss premiums because of fair costs and the credit and the street credit has with stop loss carriers about how significant cost containment risk mitigations involved here. And DPC is the foundational component. Mm -hmm. You imagine a home built brick by brick, DPC is the foundation. And so, I mean, Dr. Gross, I mean, we could look, we could beat our chest and say we're great, we're smart. But the truth is, it's a combination of a lot of factors. I think Dr. Gross, the, the hospital, Chris, the hospital having the insight to put in DPC when they own their own doctors. I don't right. think people are grasping the significance of that. So they saw the value in it. And Dr. Gross, they also inherited some of the most unhealthy patients. Um, I'll never forget, we had a meeting on October 1st of 2018. I'll never forget that day as we built the fair cost plan and what we called the Soto Memorial Built Healthcare or Community Built Healthcare, not insurer built healthcare. Very big difference. Mm -hmm. It was a five hour meeting from one in the afternoon till, uh, till uh, six at night. So it was a five hour meeting. And I'm sure none of them will ever forget it, especially because they had to be with me that long. But uh, Mur Murph was there, my buddy Murphy, and our network development partner, our Carlston Quality Company, Dr. Gross, and his right-hand person, Ann Horner, and the hospital. The stop-loss partner was there. I mean, these people don't come to all these meetings. And it was quite amazing what happened. And, I mean, literally 157 employees was able to save $150,000 in their stop-loss premium. Really? I mean, that's, that's real crazy. dollars too. Right. Yeah. You that's, tell that that that's that's 58 percent, Chris, of that of what they were paying, 58 percent savings. But overall, long, long term, the truth is, I think we had a good claims year. I think we we redirected care back to their own facility. This is important, Chris. And I'll shut up. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm shocked that I'm able to be rambling. like. Hey, you're the storyteller. I asked you about it. Well, yeah, but it needs to get to a point. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, we literally, as we went through it, I'll never forget, as, we, as I, I kind of retrace the steps, you have to really look at this thing as a good claims year, but you also have to look at it because of the significant role Dr. Gross and his partner, Dr. Crouch at Epiphany, brought here and the care levels, the cutting down uh, downstream specialty referrals, cutting down ER admits, being a doctor the way you were trained to be, practicing what you wanted to do and not reporting insurance companies, all these middle people, as we call them the middles, eliminate the middles. That's how you make it work. So, Dr. Gray, we, we did a lot of stuff. We had to connect their referral pattern, their specialist they liked in the area, vetted by our cost and quality company, then preferential treatment pre-cert uh, sacrifices made here and there in the plan. We had a customized pre-cert list for their hospital and external hospital. We call them foreign hospitals. It's called foreign medical spend. But here's the bigger thing, Chris, and this is what I was trying to get to. I'm sorry. Um, when we met them, their, their foreign medical spend had been around, I think it was right, right around 78%. So that means that 78% of every claim dollar spent on their own employees was going outside of DeSoto Memorial Hospital. That's a, a lot of money leaving the hospital. And you, Chris, you got a couple things going on. Hey, I'm Carl. I've worked at the hospital 25 years. 
ain't no way I'm going to let Dr. Betty see me naked. I'm going somewhere else. Sure. And you got sure. a little bit of that going in a, in a county of 38,000 people. That's going to happen. But the hospital is a wonderful hospital. It's a four-star CMS hospital. There are only like 19 of those in Florida. So it's 49 beds. It's not massive, but it's a tremendous quality hospital. That's what's even bigger deal about this. So um, anyway, we got finished with the first year. The, the medical spend, foreign medical spend was reduced to 62% in one year. And I think that's what we're most proud of. And the hospital themselves said, we weaponized the plan design, redesigned the plan design, and got rid of deductibles to go to their own hospital. Mm -hmm. When we met them, it was the same deductible if you went to uh, Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa as it is to go to their own hospital. Right. And that little change was substantial. You've seen the videos. You've seen Hannah had a cancer surgery, estimated cost $42,000. She paid zero. I mean, those stories are out there. They're on Patient Rights Advocate website right now. You can watch the video. So, um, you know, it's, it's quite amazing. So I think we're most proud of that. And, and Dr. Gross and Dr. Crouch are the foundational building block in that employer-built, custom-built home, if you will. I like that analogy. You're building a house brick by brick. They're in that bottom part, that foundation, and that had everything to do with why we were successful. And mm -hmm. we also have some cost containment risk mitigation. Also. I apologize. That was uh, is our time up? Sorry. Yeah, almost. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> we, we got plenty of time here. And that's, I appreciate the depth of the story too, because it's something that frustrates a lot of people out there who are looking to oh, exercise alternative plans or put them in, or how do I build this? And it comes down to it. Like you said, there's 16 different pieces, brick by brick. So, you know, before we continue f f down that path. You said something interesting to me that, you know, was, was there any pushback from the hospital physician saying, wait a minute, why are we using somebody outside of our hospital to care for people? No, we really didn't get as much. That. And it's not like they own a bunch of doctors either. I mean, they're not a huge hospital, right? Uh, they're not like some of these, but the behemoth and certainly as I like to call cartelish hospitals out there, um, they're certainly not like that. And uh, I think as we went through this process too, Chris, and we're reaching out and trying to build what we call a DeSoto friends and family, mm -hmm. we had a we had a tiered benefit plan. So we had like three tiers. And the tier two was DeSoto friends and family. And they learned real quick. I'll never forget when I met them, I used the word cartel. And everybody knows me as the pink pants cartel guy. By the way, I don't have pink pants on. I have khaki pants on today. But, <laughs> thanks um, thanks it, for showing us. Yeah, it, <laughs> just it, for confirmation. Well, it's it's uh, it's it's it ain't spring. It's the fall down here in Georgia, and the leaves are turning, so you can't be wearing pink right now. But anywho, uh, we um um. What were, I, 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 oh, well, I was yeah, asking, so, you know, it, yeah. if if uh, if I'm a primary care doctor in this hospital system, and then they implement care from a physician who's not in the hospital system, and they're getting better quality, they're getting better access, getting pricing. If I'm that primary care doctor, I'm saying, well, what in the heck are we doing? Why am I doing this? No, we didn't really have any issues with that. And most of, see, they hired their first full-time surgeon in county history too. Chris, with all the savings, they were hired their first full-time surgeon in county history. Oh, wow. It's a big deal. Um, so um, we didn't really have the problems on that side. You said, because again, they don't, it's not like they have 20 doctors that they own. But I think everyone trusted them. 
Um, and I think one of the coolest things that happened, Christopher, when we did the uh, benefit education meetings, we call them benefit education, not open enrollment. We ask all the employees, we do it in every, every client, every meeting we have, hey, Chris, who do you think the insurance company is? Uh, it's Buca. And I'm like, no, it's, it's the Sutter Memorial Hospital. And you've got to educate these people that it's their plan. It's the Soto built healthcare and the decisions those employees make impact the people they're sitting next to in the meeting. Yeah. So that's what's yeah. critical. And most of these people have given this free real estate away on these ID cards and let the book get free advertising. It's crazy. And that's what we took it. It's our, our card says DeSoto and it says fair cost. And, that's the difference because it is the Soto's plan. It's not Buka built healthcare. Mm-hmm. And that's a, another learning curve, Chris. Just I want to throw that out there to you is these people that are employed at companies, many of them are self funded. They have no idea. They think their coverage is with Aetna or Blue or whoever. They don't know. So, true. Anyway. True. That's a great point. It's a great point. And that's why they don't think about being smart consumers, too, because they're saying, well, I've been paying into this. So, Whatever. I don't care what it costs if they're able to find out what the costs are. So yeah, continuing that employer built plan um, that seems to go hand in hand with educating people about that. Wanted to ask you, you know, how realistic is it to take that employer built plan, you know, find out what has worked, find out how you've been successful and replicate that. Is that a problem? Is that an issue that you're seeing? It wasn't. Uh, it, it, well, how do I say this? I'm also known for this quote um, that everybody's heard me say, all TPAs suck is finding the least sucky of the suckiest. <laughs> and we have located the least sucky of the suckiest. Um, and it was through about four mistakes we've made, building fair cost with other TPAs. Fair cost isn't complicated, Chris. And if you want me to, or we have time, I would love to put a slide up or share a slide and let it build so you can really see what it is from a home perspective, thinking about a home. So you tell me if we get to it, I'm, I think it'd be powerful. The, the only thing an employee needs to know in our health plan is where the front door of the house is. One call, that's all. They don't need to know the plumbing, the electrical, the uh, chronic kidney disease management solution, the musculoskeletal solution, uh, the, the, uh, the bundle joint program. They don't need to know that stuff. They're guided through our cost and quality company. And when they open that front door, that's all they need to know. And so we've kept it very simple. But unfortunately, these TPAs, Chris, we deploy what's called a benefits champion in our plans. And that is a person that works for the employer. And generally, their only job is to be a benefits champion. Literally, they are the champion of the benefits. Uh, Liz Schrock at the Gas Berlin is, is famous now for that. Some people have taken off and run and copied this model. Um, DeSoto has kind of someone like that there, but the reason I'm pointing that out is the benefits champion is a really critical part, but what we learned in this is we actually study the claims funding requests that come every Monday morning about 10 and we were looking at them and the benefits champion was looking at them and they would see all the mistakes made. Well, see their employers across America right now, we can name them that are blindly paying claims that are not the right claims. Yeah. And yeah. by doing that, Chris, we found all the mistakes the TPAs made. It wasn't because fair costs is so complicated. It had nothing to do with that. Again, most of the components of fair costs aren't used until called upon. So most people will never even see the components of fair costs. Mm-hmm. It's the times when those situations arise, those situational things 
with that cost-contained risk mitigation and better clinical outcomes and better financial outcomes show up. So that we saw that with TPAs, and we finally found a good partner. I'm glad to say it's Aether Health. Uh, they just won our big, our big school district down in Florida, about uh, 9,100 belly buttons. They won that this spring. They're going to be servicing and handling that for us. That went live October 1. So they're who we're doing everything with, and they're absolutely phenomenal. And I, I can't almost come to tears talking about them. I didn't know it was possible to what when you have a true partner. Um, and some of the other ones were okay, but these guys have just knocked the cover off the ball. And we moved to Soto there January 1 of, uh, of 20. Gotcha. Um, so the, the Aether is administering fair call, uh, three or four fair cost plans. So your, my point in telling you this is this thing is built. It's ready. Here are the keys. You just need to have some gas in the car, and it works. So it is replicable, and we have proven that, and we've done that. Good, good, good. Glad, glad to hear that one. Carl, we're going to take a quick break here, listen, uh, listen to some messages from our sponsors, and we'll be right back after this. Whether you're a patient, employer, or physician, the Free Market Medical Association can facilitate and assist you in your free market healthcare journey. The foundation of our association is built upon three pillars, price, value, and equality, with complete transparency in everything we do. Our goal is simple, match willing buyers with willing sellers of valuable healthcare services. Join us and help accelerate the growth of the free market healthcare revolution. For more information on the Free Market Medical Association, visit fmma.org. New Era Health Plans brings a unique solution to health insurance. We offer private insurance that allows you the freedom of choice of any doctor, any hospital, anywhere. New Era offers modern, flexible health insurance, life and supplemental, Medicare and education resources. We are a national agency licensed in most states. New Era emphasizes educating our clients and helping people make smarter decisions that deliver value and peace of mind. Our plans allow our customers to save 25 to 50% each month while providing transparent health benefits at a price that actually makes sense. New Era Health Plans is committed to providing the best service to self-employed business people, individuals, and families. We are an endorsed vendor of the Free Market Medical Association and believe in the power of free market medicine. For more information, visit NewEraHealthPlans.com. New Era Health Plans, modern, flexible health insurance plans. New Era Health Plans, Inc. is an independent field marketing organization representing Philadelphia American Life Insurance Company. Healthcare can be complex. If you're managing a chronic or life-threatening illness, Patients Rising is here for you. We built the Patients Rising Concierge to help you navigate stressful health decisions and get the support you deserve. You will find personalized support by calling, emailing, or visiting our website. Our team is standing by to help with your unique situation. Find the help you need today at PatientsRisingConcierge.org. Hi, everybody. Welcome back for the second half of our episode today. Joining me again is Carl Schusler with Mitigate Partners. Carl, we're just talking about how to replicate plans such as yours and the fair cost plan. want to talk a little bit about some of the headwinds that you face. Now, earlier in the episode, uh, I said the bad word, the B word, broker. When in reality, what I meant was advisor. So uh, are you getting a lot of challenges from brokers who are taking a look at what you're doing and saying, eh, it's not really for me. I'm not going to steer my clients into this type of a plan. Yeah. Well, that's a good question. I really don't call on uh, brokers. First off, Chris, I'll talk to advisors 
But uh, we've got Mitigate Partners to answer your question. There's 29 different offices now, uh, which, which is great. And everyone is independently owned and managed by those people. If we are helping, some we're mentoring, some we're just helping with fair cost. It varies off to office, but a lot of them are mentoring and helping. And uh, um, they have, most of them have embraced it. We haven't done a ton of these yet, uh, but most of them have embraced that. And these are more the forward thinking people. A lot of them are health reset advisors, the open collaboration, Dave Chase and, and uh, Sean Chancellor and their old crowd, Melissa Taylor, they get a lot of credit for the open collaboration now that we're doing with these offices and sharing. And it's just a, it's a group of, I'd say 90 plus percent of Rosetta advisors. Um, but we're just sharing and we're conducting webinars every two weeks, except when I canceled the one last week due to my weekend condition. Uh, I could have risen to the occasion, but I felt like it was better not to. So I've got to get that back on track. But yeah. um, we are working with a lot of different people and helping them. And, and, and Chris, here's the thing. Um, you've got to, it's a complex sell. It can be tough to explain. We spent a lot of time developing the materials. And that's why at some point today, it, it, again, I think it'd be worth it for me to play two slides for you to see them, that what, what it is. And think about a health plan as a house. Mm-hmm. So employer-built, custom-built healthcare like you do with a home um, and, you know, brick by brick. So I think for the most part, those people have embraced it. I'm not really, if somebody's not interested or they're calling me, they heard about it and they're not really interested. I'm pretty, we're pretty careful and protective and I'm not going to twist somebody's arm. There's too many other people to help. Right. I think the, the brokerage industry in general, Chris, is, is such a cartel. And I was a part of it seven years ago. It is such a cartel the way it's operated and the amount of enforced bonuses someone gets, the more business they do with the BUCA. The things I could tell you, the seventh largest school district in the country, Hillsborough County down in Tampa. And I'm glad to say and hope people out there are listening to what I'm saying. 24,000 people on this health plan. Seventh largest school district in the country is fully insured. That broker should be thrown in jail. That is criminal. And that's what we're seeing all over. And we didn't even compete on that case, Chris. We didn't even compete on it. We read it. The qualifications were written by another cartel broker. Hey, if you you don't have 3,000 years of experience and 10,000 life groups and have a hundred million dollar budgets, then you are out of out. Well, guess what? That leaves the, the cartel brokers, the Aons, the Willis's, all of those guys, no offense, folks, sorry. But I mean, that's what it leads. And all they do is support the, the Buka agenda and how you could be fully insured. Are you kidding me? I can tell you something. I know some of the board members there. I can tell when they're going to tinkle. That's how credible the data is on the people. I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, that that sounds like a nice little nest egg uh, for whoever that broker is. That's that's a lot of easy money that's being thrown out the door hey, from the school system, right? You can get in the deer stand a lot quicker on the golf course, a heck of a lot quicker than I do. I promise you that. Yeah, that that you are just actually quite literally flushing money down the toilet uh, when it comes to that. And then you probably have to go back to the taxpayers and ask for a budget increase just to throw more money out the window, right? We know, Chris. The worst part of it is. The, the school district Osceola County went a different way with us and our partner Provensure on that uh, school district case I was just sharing with you that went live kind of in more of the fair cost principles October 1 a, few, a week ago um, or a couple weeks ago. 
you won't even get a chance to be heard or present orally what you could do. And that's what we kind of asked out of the gate. Um, how do you evaluate these people? Um, RFPs never work generally, Chris, because they're oriented on how many windows do you have? And I don't actually have any windows in my office, so we would have definitely lost. But how many windows do you have? How many staff people do you have? A, a school district of 24,000 people is not calling the advisor's office and talking with any of their account managers often because they're calling the third party administrator. So a lot of these things like this are just unimportant. And the questions, the problem is, if you don't know the right questions to ask, you won't get the answers you seek. Mm -hmm. And how many windows and how many employees you have have nothing to do with anything. The question ought to be, hey, here's our claims. Here's all our facts. If you were us, what would you do for us? And they never ask that. Sure. They, they probably don't know to ask that either. So I wanted to um, you know, talk about your personal experiences here, um, you know, battling, battling COVID. What's been going on? Because this is, this is something that obviously you, you called me up uh, yesterday and said, hey, I'm going to try to tough it out through this interview. But just to let you know, that's when we got our wheels turned thinking, you know what, let's, uh, let's hear it from the horse's mouth here. How, uh, how are you guys holding up? Well, I, I, first off, thank you very much and appreciate any of <laughs> those folks that know us have, have thrown some uh, prayers our way. And uh, also community pharmacists, I want to thank my, my good friend, Dawn Butterfield, who's down in, in Brevard County, Florida, the Space Coast. She sent us some great stuff. Uh, our pharmacy consultant, Chuck Gamsu, has been extremely supportive and He's been one that, you know, won't go anywhere and go do any talks anywhere. And I laughed at him and look who, look who had the last laugh. Um, so, um, you know, they were great. So got some supplements and we can talk about that later. But what I would tell you is we were very blessed and we don't really know. We think it came from our daughter and, uh, you know, Chris is very tricky. You know, you got young, you obviously got a, a newborn. I've got a, a, a senior in nursing school right now a sophomore at Ole Miss, as I said, and a junior in high school. So the juniors here, and they stick to themselves. You know, we have a good relationship. They hang in a room. You know, they're not hanging out with us every second. <laughs> and and that's part – you'll get – you know, it'll be weird when it happens. You're like, hey, what's going on? Wait, what is the tide turned on? Um, but but long story short, um, she had some symptoms, I guess, and we just kind of like whatever's a cold. Both of us grew up sons of position. My wife grew up son of position. I mean, daughter of position. I grew up son of position. We didn't run the doctor. She had a cold. Okay, she has a cold. No big deal. Yep. And then later, you know, it was like, hey, I did lose taste for three or four days or whatever. Well, when you get a head cold, you lose taste. And the reason I'm sharing this with everybody out here, it's important because you never would have thought twice until COVID hit, even to think about COVID, right? I mean, it's just a cold. Sure. Well, uh, it all started with me on September uh, 30th. Um, I just, that evening I was going to bed. I was coughing a little bit. Whatever, no big deal. Next day I woke up. And I had a, uh, sound like I had a cold, but there was no, uh, guys, how, how glory can we get it? No mucus, no that stuff going around my nose. <laughs> and um, I'm sorry to be so detailed. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I still feel fine. Felt fine Friday. Saturday, my taste and smell went away. And on Monday, it still was gone. I'm like, this is weird. It's got to be COVID. I went and got tested. We took my daughter. She was negative. I was positive. So now we're all running around the house with masks on if we're around each other, right? My wife uh, got tested. La I got tested last Monday. My wife got tested Wednesday. 
she was really bad. And this is another important story I want to share with everyone. So I hope they're still listening. We haven't worn them out yet. Missy could barely talk. Her throat was like all closed up. And it was like, uh, you know, it was really bad. It's scary. So we went to the testing site. They are great. They do your vitals and everything was there. By the way, my pulsometer, we did a, a you know, checked our oxygen levels and heart, my heart, heart rates and all that. And we've been in the mid nineties to high nineties the entire time. So we, we have been certainly careful and took it serious. There's no question about it. You know, at my ripe young age of 53, I got to be careful. So um, anyway, she went in there and her vitals, her heart rate was at around one, almost around 120. And the nurse practitioner was kind of freaked out. Her, her oxygen levels were great. And she goes, you need to go see your doctor, go to the ER. And we're like, you know, it was like just stunned, you know, and I'm not feeling great. I'm lightheaded. And last thing I'll be doing is getting in the car going to do this. So we take her right on the street, even which is nice where, where we live to her primary internist or actually her internist. And Chris, she wouldn't, uh, the internist wouldn't see her. The reason was because she was waiting on a test result from a COVID test. And I was just like flabbergasted. I've heard these stories, but I hadn't experienced it. And basically go to the ER. Are you kidding me? The ER is my only choice. She's struggling, but it wasn't like, oh, you got to go. But we were a little concerned. So we came yeah. back and we called our good friend, Dr. Lee Gross down in Florida, who, as you know, work, we've already covered, works with the Soto and just had a, a conference with him. And he's not my, he's not our DPC doctor, of course, because he's in Florida and we don't we don't have one yet. But that's changing quickly. Um, I'm embarrassed to say and I'm always honest with everybody. And I got one that I met at DPC Nuts and Bolts last year when we gave the Soto Memorial talk alongside Lee and Lois from the hospital that I met there and he's in Vining's about 10 minutes from me where I live. And um, long story short, he goes, well, her heart rate was high probably because she's fighting the infection. Do you have any heart problems? No, never had any heart issues. And he goes, well, you might consider a steroid or something to bring some of the swelling in your throat down. And pretty sure it wasn't strep because the nurse, the doctor and the nurse at the testing site looked. And, and we, again, we didn't get a, a, a swab or anything done. So um, we didn't find out she was positive for COVID on a Friday. Her test took a long time. I found out by noon the next day on mine. I did mine at five on Monday, found out Tuesday at noon. Did they say why the so, discrepancy in the, in the test results? I, why it took longer on hers? I don't yeah. know. It's, uh, it was weird. But the big thing was Dr. Gross said, do this and this. You don't need to go to an ER. I right. mean, that's crazy. And that right there in itself, Chris, and I, I you know, we talked about this and, I told my wife I was going to share it. Missy's been the poster poster child of a lot of our talks, and everybody heard about her laparoscopic, her $29,984 laparoscopic adectomy, and $10,696 of billionaires on the bill, and everyone's heard that talk around the country. But, I mean, this is ridiculous. And my father, uh, when I called him to tell him I had it, again, remember, he's a 40-year OBGYN and a knowledgeable guy, too. I mean, he, he treated – Obviously, he did a lot of gynecological visits and was a lot of women's doctors. Um, so he knows about colds and, and basic stuff. And he says, son, you really need to talk to your doctor. I said, hey, pops, my dad's in his about 77. And so I said, hey, pop, no offense, man. I know you're my authority figure, but uh, do you know what, what's really going on out here right now <laughs> in the fee-for-service environment? You ain't going to see any doctor if you got COVID. They ain't going to see you. No. And no he way. didn't really know that. And I that's what I want everyone out there to hear. If you get any symptoms, I mean, again, it goes against every bone in my body to go run, jump up and get a test. But 
you should just to know and then monitor your oxygen as we have and thank the Lord. We're blessed. Thank you, God. It's worked out okay. I'm, I'm a fatigued summer a little lightheaded at times. But other than that, my appetite came back. My taste came back. Um, I lost it Saturday, not this Saturday, last Saturday. came back by Wednesday of last week. It's not 100% perfect, but I can taste and I can smell some. So uh, our symptoms have been mild, but I still wouldn't wish it on anybody because I'd rather feel spectacular and, you know, my normal self. So, yeah, I mean, but um, we've been blessed and it's because we don't have those comorbidities. But the system's messed up, Chris, and the work you were doing and your brother, Adam, and I hope we're going to do something down in Okeechobee that you know about. Uh, that was Stacy Nelson, another community pharmacist, just wonderful, wonderful. We're all about relocalizing care, and we love the community pharmacists. We work with them hand in hand. Um, I, I hope that, um, you know, we, we've got to make a change as a country. I mean, I know that COVID pointed out all the fallacies in the system, but they just continue. And right. not to be able to see your internist and your only choice is the emergency room. There's something bad wrong with that. Yeah. The, the ER should always be the last resort. Right. And for that to be, yeah, well, better go there now. And then, you know, you, people ask why, why are things so expensive and why is there not price transparency? It's because of conversations like that. I'm sure that nurse practitioner thought she was doing you a favor, you know, had your, had your best yeah. interests in mind when in reality it's like, <laughs> no, uh, go make a phone call, get on a video chat. If, uh, the internist is, is uh, worried about, you know, that test result. There's no reason why you, you can't hop on a video chat or a phone call and say, here's what's going on. What should I do? Just like you did, right? Yeah, and we also have a telemedicine company we put in our fair cost plan. It's amazing. They're staffed by ER docs, so they work in triage all the time. And we did that as a follow-up to Dr. Gross, and it was pretty much the same advice. And um, – you know, and again, anyone out there, just you make sure you have a pulsometer or whatever and have your blood, your oxygen levels checked and stuff like that. Because I think from, I mean, again, I'm not an expert from what I've heard getting in the 80s. You know, you might get a little concerned. So we've both been in the mid 90s. Even we both walked around the block last night. Um, I can't tell you I blistered it in, in record pace, but um, <laughs> I came in. My oxygen levels were great. My heart rate was fine. Um so, yeah, it's it's I never was a phobia, a phobe about it, Chris, but it is serious. And obviously I didn't want to get it. Sure. Um, and sure. I just feel like, you know, we should have gotten our daughter tested. I'm sure some people listen. Oh, you're a terrible parent. Well, I mean, again, it was a cold, whatever. It wasn't a big deal. She was fine. And it just life went by and the days went by. And, and again, she tested negative, And then everybody asked me, well, he, and of course, she was over it. And of course, she tested negative. And I said, you don't get the antibodies test. I said, I don't know that we want to go. And, and maybe, Chris, you could enlighten me. I don't, don't want to go spend the money on the antibody test because I want my daughter to take this serious and not let her defenses down. And just sure. like me, I'm not going to get the antibody test because I'm going to treat it like I treated it before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, being proactive, you know, being I, smart. It's- I don't think anybody's going to fault you uh, on that one, essentially. And uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. That's something, you know, don't really want to get. So I appreciate you sharing your story and, you know, your experiences too, because I'm sure there's somebody out there who was like, well, yeah, I went to the ER and then what happened, right? At least you are yeah. an educated enough consumer in healthcare, or I should say medical care. And people out there listening will say, you know, 
Chris, Chris said it again. So in medical care, you're, you're educated enough to pick up a phone and again, fortunate enough to have somebody on speed dial, like a personal physician or a personal friend, um, like we were talking about right. there. But uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I hope we can help, uh, help you continue to proliferate your plans in DPC. So, you know, when you called us up and said, hey, um, we're going to this area in Florida, do you have anybody down there that allowed us to go through and recruit some physicians uh, in any state who are able to, to help and set up these plans and go into DPC practices. So it, it's been fun from a DPC side because we're starting to see that next wave of physicians learn about it, I would say, and pique their interest and say, oh, wow, this can be an actual reality. You know, a lot of the pioneers blazed a trail for us. And now we're looking at the doctors who are coming next and then be able to team up with great organizations like yours is you know, a real treat uh, to, to see everything kind of the whole community, you know, not just a local community, but a, a business community who's active in this space come together for one united cause. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a treat to, to watch the industry grow like that too. It, it, it needs to get back to the Marcus Welby MD days. And Chris, you're a young guy, obviously with a newborn. So if you don't know who that is, you got to go Google it. As I say to all you millennial types. <laughs> I know who but, it is. You know, I, I say the Norman Rockwell uh, you know, vision of the romanticized, you know, house calls and that type of stuff. Right. So <laughs> That's right. What I would say is what we really try to do, when you look at healthcare, um, healthcare is not national. It's not even regional. It's local. Mm-hmm. And we have to get back to that and, uh, by relocalizing care like we're trying to do at DeSoto, like we're trying to do in Okeechobee, you got to get that willing employer, and we're not there yet, that will come and do this. But I will tell you, the care, um, having, as I call the local care team, the independent pharmacist, the, the DPC, the primary care, if you don't have go to DPC or you want a choice for the PCP or the specialist. And then that patient and that love triangle, as I call it, it sounds perverse, but the key is not having any interference from all these other people that the current system has. And when we build fair cost and employer built and community owned healthcare, we eliminate those people. So Dr. Gross can practice medicine. These community pharmacists can literally see people get diabetic counseling, um, things like that that are just missing. And while we're charging for diabetic test strips, most Americans don't have $500 in their checking account. And we're charging them for test strips that they're not going to use. Their A1C goes off the charts. They end up in the ER. Then they end up as an inpatient admit and they blow your health plan up. Why not give them the test strips and the drugs they need for free if they go meet with a community pharmacist like a Don Butterfield or Stacy Nelson once a month, synchronize the meds in a bag, and they get a 15-minute education. They walk out and they don't have to pay for their script. Well, what because- would that do? Do because, the opposite, as I always say. George yeah. uh, Seinfeld, I use it all the time. Do the opposite. If the broker tells you to raise your deductibles, do the opposite. Do the opposite of what you've always done in healthcare, and I bet you you'll end up better. I agree. And, and the reason why that, that perpetual wheel happens, Carl, is because there's no CPT code for curing somebody. Right. If you have a diabetic who's no longer diabetic, guess how much money you earn off of them in the subsequent years? Right. Nothing. Nada. But but I tell you, bro, if if you can get these things, get it back and do it local, I really believe you can fix things. And growing up a community pharmacist, making Georgia about 150,000 people, 
but we knew, uh, we knew the pharmacist. And today, mm -hmm. the cartel pharmacy, CBS, Walgreens, seriously? You go through a drive through you ain't talking to pharmacists. That's exactly. the worst thing that ever happened is now we don't have any care being given. And I, I think those things are crucial. What you guys are doing is awesome, and I commend you, and I'm thankful to know you, and I hope we're going to do some work together because get these DPC docs is getting back to taking care of people. My dad, as we talked about numerous times, he trained to take care of people. He didn't train to be on the phone with an insurance company going through a pre-cert or prior art or a peer-to-peer -peer review with some fool that doesn't know anything about healthcare. These insurance companies ain't in the healthcare business. Anyone that thinks they're in the healthcare business is crazy. They don't know the first thing about healthcare, period. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so I get pretty jacked up, sorry. But um, my dad, you know, sat there and dealt with it. I watched it. And I remember I tell the story a lot, Chris, but I think it's important. In the late 80s, early 90s, right, I was getting ready to go to the Harvard of the South, University of Georgia, of course. I mean, it's only Harvard of the South there is. Some people like to say Vanderbilt. I don't know where that came from. But anyway, <laughs> um, but, but the point I'm getting is I went to get a physical. Uh, August 1985 at Dr. May's office in his old antebellum home in Macon, black and white towel floor, beautiful old building. His office was in there. And I was getting ready to go in, and it was making us hotter than, hotter than fire, man. It's hot as heck down there. And I sat there going in. I was sweating, and I knew Miss Yancey, who was the nurse practitioner, a little, little fireball of a woman, was going to come out and grab my finger and get that razor braid and prick it. And then I was going to have that gauze pad on my finger for like two hours afterwards. Today, people get the whole punch thing. They get off easy. You, yeah. you kids and all you people, you don't have a clue what it was like when I was coming along. So anyway, they get that razor blade and done. So I was nervous. And I look around the room, Chris, and I'm like, you know, how many people do you think were in the room with me August 1985? Probably none. That, well, you're the only guy that's ever gotten that question right. And I've told that story a thousand times. <laughs> that's correct. There was nobody in there because that was a health care visit, not an insurance visit. Yeah. We had what was called major medical back then. So my parents paid for that visit. Here's the bigger part. At that time, my mother had a bumper sticker on her car that said, my doctor, my choice. And I get chill bumps talking about it because that's when it all changed. And I'll never forget my dad, and I've told the story a bunch, but I'm going to tell it one more time. My dad had a patient. Your wife came in and said, Dr. Schusler, you know, I mean, my dad was not going to participate in HMOs or PPOs or anything. My dad opted against all of that. They had the best OB practice in Macon, Georgia. Hands down, live more babies than anybody. They weren't going to participate. He just wasn't going to be a part of that because he's, I, I guess I get it from him, Chris, you're seeing all this passion is he's a principal guy like I am. And he was, I won't go to CVS. Missy will tell you, I ain't going to CVS and get a rapid test. No way. I ain't going mm -hmm. to the cartel. I will not do it. I've done it once. It's a long story, but I had to have a choice. There was no community pharmacy. But anyway, my dad, my, my dad, you know, sat there, didn't do it. And then your wife came in and said, Dr. Schusler, I've been coming to you for 20 years and uh, you're not in my network. So I'm going to have to change. And my dad was absolutely floored. He said, that's it. It's over. And he was yeah. right. He was right. And uh, obviously joined the networks and all that because they had to, because people made decisions with their wallet and not with what was best for them. And it was new and all that. So sure, I think sure. we can take it back and we can fix it. And I've tried to boil the ocean and that didn't work well for me. We got a Schusler stick now. It's a metal rod with a, with a, a, a mirror attached to the bottom of it. I have to roll it under the car before we crank it up every day. So uh, that, that didn't work well for me. So we're trying to boil the creeks, the rivers, 
the lakes and then get to the ocean. And that's what we can do in these communities and change these communities and face these communities and bringing them together. So it's community owned healthcare, not insurer owned healthcare. And Absolutely. the DPC doctors are the most fundamental part. And I know you want to ask, you know, we're almost out of time. The brokerage community hadn't embraced it. And you've been over it. Christy covered it. You've covered it with many other people outside of me. But a lot of the people, it's, it's work. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, Lois Hilton at the Southern Memorial, she said it was not easy. These employees are walking out in the world for help, using their health care without a BUCA logo on their card. Oh, my God, what am I... What am I going to do without that Buka logo on my card? And, and it's work, but it's work. And it's education. It's educating the employee and educating the front office of the doctors because they generally are just not good. And they, they, they see a Blue Cross logo, even though they got to make a phone call to verify coverage. But Lois said it was tough, but it was worth it. And when asked at the, on the Florida Rural Health Association back in uh, late August that we were asked to speak on, they uh, one of the people on the, on the on the webinar asked Lois, what's your what if you had to do over again, what would you do different? She goes, I wish we had done this three years ago. So I think that's the highest compliment you can get. Uh, it's different. It's work. It's not easy. It ain't the easy button for sure. But sure. boy, you'll have better clinical outcomes for your members and better financial outcomes. And you can save a community doing these right things. Very well said. Very well said. And, you know, during that uh, conversation about insurance, I'm sitting here looking down, you know, I got my insurance does not equal healthcare shirt on, you know, available, cool. available on uh, healthcare Americana's uh, site. So I might have to send you one of these suckers. Uh, they've been pretty popular. I will say that just, you know, put it out there that health insurance does not equal healthcare. And we can, we can't shout it loud enough uh, from the heavens every time we get in these conversations. No. But, Hey, you said it. You said it very, very well, sir. So, so I appreciate that. So, we are going to be uh, out of time here and uh, a little longer episode than we're used to, but that's okay. You know, when we have good conversations like this and and people get uh, listeners get something out of it, then that's always important, right? So, the more minds, more education we can put out there, more minds we can change, the better off we're going to be. Yeah. And Chris, I want to thank you so much for having me. And uh, I don't know how I deal with my COVID brain here. I hope I uh, was able to deliver a good message. I want to thank you all for all the hard work you're doing and the commitment you're making to making a change. And the other thing I want everybody out there to hear is it is absolutely possible to do this. We're doing it. Christy Gupton is famous for saying all it takes is a good advisor and a little courage. And that courage is the courageous employer who takes that step. Our job and what I've realized, Chris, as an advisor, our sell to that employer is, hey, we got your back. With all the work we've done, we can help you build your house and you'll be fine. But you have to have courage to do it. Then the other side of me goes where uh, my friend Hunter Schultz, who does the Winning Healthcare uh, Food Fights uh, Without the Mess podcast and Zoomcast, he says, you know, Mount Everest was once unclimbable. Now there's a litter problem on the mountain. All the oxygen bottles, all the people that have done it. So the message I want to leave everyone with is it is possible. And guys, there's no more excuses. We've done this with five companies in the fair cost plan, uh, municipalities, uh, you name it. It's not just for private employers. So there's no more excuses. We need to get out there and do something about it. Or otherwise, it's going to health care is going to be done to all of us, which will not have a good result. And uh, 
No, um, we're already seeing that too, aren't we? Yeah, there's hope is I guess what I'm saying, but no more. Oh my God, that you're Chris, you're not an early adopter. We've been doing it. I say, hey, where you been, man? Get with the program. I mean, all our- <laughs> Welcome our, to the light side, Rosetta, right? Yeah, a, a lot of Rosetta advisors, a lot of Mitigate partners, a lot of these folks are all doing it around the country. It's, we're not unique. That's right. Well, Carl, thanks for joining us again. It's Carl Schusler, co-founder, managing principal of Mitigate Partners. For more information about direct primary care, visit freedomhealthworks.com. And to catch all of our episodes and hear our sponsors, visit healthcareamericana.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Health insurance premiums are rising faster than actual medical costs, and employers everywhere are struggling to keep their heads above water and take care of their amazing team. Most people will never meet their deductible in a given year, so shouldn't there be an alternative to health insurance for people who don't really need it? At Custom Benefit Solutions, we build better benefit solutions by pairing local, direct primary care options with affordable medical cost sharing plans. This creates affordable options for America's small businesses. These companies are able to save money and provide an actual primary care doctor that'll take care of your employees and their families. Employees enjoy getting the care they deserve without struggling with confusing co-pays or deductibles. Want to learn more? Go to custombenefits.org and talk to a team member today. Custom Benefits Solutions. We solve for care. There comes a time when the man of the house must take charge. Family planning is a tough conversation for many. And at Happy Dad Vasectomy, we understand that decision isn't easy. When your family is complete, our no-needle, no-scalpel, no-stitches procedure will give you peace of mind about your family's future. Happy Dad Vasectomy conveniently books appointments within two weeks of calling and has locations in central and northern Indiana. Visit happydadvasectomy.com to learn more. Happy Dad Vasectomy, the easiest part of family planning. Hi again, everyone. This is Chris. At Healthcare Americana, we're always on the lookout for great stories to tell in the healthcare industry. And we'd like to hear yours. Check out healthcareamericana.com and send us your ideas for episodes or if you'd like to be a guest. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoy it.